episode of trick talks my name is barbara lally and today we're here with daria how are you daria hi barbara thanks so much for having me on i'm so excited to have this conscious conversation and yeah yes yeah, so are you ready to get started yeah okay perfect so tell us a little bit about your trick how old were you where did you pull from things like that yeah so for me it started when i was in middle school i believe like sixth grade or seventh grade right before i had surgery on my spine for scoliosis and i remember it started by this girl saying you have bushy eyebrows and <laughs> me being the girl that i was i went to my mom and i was like hey mom can i go and get my eyebrows done and i never had them done and um my mom was like no and so then me being the rebellious child that i was i was like well fine i'll just do it myself because i was being like kind of bullied you know for my appearance and so i like overplucked, and that's kind of like where it started and then um later on it went for like i went for my scalp so that i've come to realize on my healing journey that this all for me at least stems it's it's more deeper than what it was in middle school it was something from when i was 10 years old i experienced some sexual abuse and i repressed that for so long and my nervous system just shut down and i didn't know how to cope i didn't i didn't have the tools and you know my parents they did the best they could they didn't even understand because i couldn't even understand myself and so I would say like in the last two years only, I've been pretty like diving into this and really trying to better understand myself and my upbringing and all of that. But that's kind of what happened is I repressed those emotions for so long. And then I use this as like a self-soothing mechanism. And, you know, some people turn to alcohol, some people turn to cigarettes or sex or something outside of themselves. But for me, it was my hair. And I feel like now it's still something that I'm deeply working through every single day. Um, I'm very grateful to have met Ellen, the habit aware team and using the keen band has, has really helped me actually. Um, it helped me and then I like took it off because it was working and then I like just emailed them because I was like, I need help recalibrating this or whatever. So yeah, that's kind of a little bit of my story. And I thank you for bringing up the idea of, you know, it stems from something else. It's self-soothing because <laughs> it's so, it's so frustrating when people say things like, oh, just stop. And it's like, well, wait, I've tied this self-soothing behavior to so many emotions and situations that like how can i possibly go back to that one point and say okay this now i can stop because i feel this right i mean that's just like you know telling an addict for example who smokes cigarettes for 20 years of their life just stop we, we can't just stop and that's why i love the ted talk that um ellen uh or yeah th that she put out because that was, uh, or I'm sorry, not Ellen, Anila, that TED talk transformed my life. And that's like what I just send to either if it's like a family member or a friend, if, if they, if I want to help somebody better understand that really, that's like the foundation for me. So 
Yeah. I actually, you know, this was about, I would say like six months ago or so I started looking into the hashtag trichotillomania on TikTok and mm. I saw how many people went through are going through that how many younger women especially too and i was like wow like you know i'm i'm this holistic person but i haven't even shared this vulnerable part of myself online and like imagine daria the amount of lives that you can like truly impact by sharing your vulnerability and your story especially the younger generation of women who think that this is just something they have to live with forever so that's really, I mean, recently, you know, I kind of stepped into sharing my story online and it's been a very liberating and a lot's come up emotionally and mentally with, with that. But I think that's really where the true freedom and liberation resides is when we're able to be vulnerable with ourselves and then share our story to like empower and inspire others to, to also be vulnerable and to mm -hmm. feel into their emotions. So what brought that on? Like, did you just say like, yeah, let me just see what, what happens when I search this or were you kind of already feeling like, you know, I want to, I want to share more. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Good question. So I think for me, it's always been a very like isolating journey because I feel like nobody truly understands what goes on in my mind. And it's like, you know, like we were just saying, it's kind of hard to explain to somebody who because this is a very like a small percentage of the population goes through this. It falls obviously in the same category as nail biting, but it's a bit more escalated. And I think for me, I was seeking support. I was seeking community. I was, I wanted to feel that like, I wasn't the only one that was going through this, you know, like I've been through therapy, I've tried the SSRIs and there's honestly the only two things that have really helped me outside of like the keen band has been yoga. I mean, hot yoga every single day, connecting to my body, connecting to my breath, and then also mushrooms. So functional mushrooms like reishi, lion's mane, like supplementing with those, as well as like a microdose of psilocybin has really supported mm -hmm. me with, with my pulling. But yeah, did I answer your question? Yeah, no, it's great. It's great. But I'm interested now into the, I like Janae Aiko. I, she like, you know, is interested yeah. in doing things like um, hallucinogenics and all that. Um, but with the mushrooms, tell me a little bit more about how you kind of got onto that journey. How did you figure out which ones like work for you? Yeah. Are you talking about with um, psilocybin or functional mushrooms? So I don't even know the difference. I'll tell you what, I really okay. don't know the difference. <laughs> no, I don't know. Okay. It's okay. Honestly, most people don't and it's totally fine. But so like functional mushrooms, you would supplement for like brain support, energy, detoxification, sleep, like those are legal around everywhere. Um, and the ancient indigenous cultures have been using those um, in Chinese medicine for thousands of years. Um, and to, I mean, for multiple reasons, you know, anxiety, depression and cancer and all sorts of stuff. So that's like one aspect of it. The other type of mushroom is psilocybin, so the psychoactive kind. Um, and I'm a big advocate for both, but I would say when I first got into it, it was probably like in middle, no, not middle school, in high school, I started to try out psilocybin but i mean the setting and with like the intention that i do that now versus like when i first learned about it it's completely different um and i think it's really beautiful that the earth offers such medicine for us to be able to sit with but in turn i think they're all tools i think that we truly are the medicine and we don't need anything outside of us 
Um, but again, like when used with intention, with in the right setting, in the right environment, I think it can really shift people's consciousness and just their way of being. And that's when I became aware of how I started speaking to myself and how I was showing up in my life and whom I was really surrounding myself with and just how I was overall being. And, and it helped me really get out of my mind, like the monkey mind, the thinking mind, and really tune into my body and my breath. That's, and, and that's see, when I pull like with trichotillomania, it's typically when I'm anxious or bored or like stressed. So those medicines have really supported me through that. Mm -hmm. Has there been times in your life where you notice like, Hey, things are growing back. Like I'm not really reaching for my scalp anymore. Yeah. And again, I, I think for me, like there was a point about two years ago where I did hot yoga consistently for two months, so Ashtanga and Vinyasa at the studio in Tampa. And I was kind of shocked because I was like slowly transitioning out of an abusive relationship at that time. So yoga was kind of like my way to cultivate a deeper relationship with myself through that. And as I was exiting that relationship and I had yoga, for those two months, I didn't touch my hair for like once in my life at all, like not even a strand. And then recently I moved to Hawaii and I didn't touch my hair for a month. And then things started to get a bit more stressful. And then it's like, I go through these waves. And so that's why I want to really stay consistent with the keen band and just, it's a practice. It's like literally recreating habits and coping mechanisms. That's really it. And regulating my nervous system. Mm -hmm. yeah. When you first started pulling, when did you find out that there was a name for this behavior that you were doing? Mm. Great question. So I actually, so when I first started plucking my brows, I, I used to like binge watch YouTube videos. I wanted to be like a beauty guru and like all of that. Um, and I remember looking up like hair pulling or something or like brow pulling. And then I discovered that people pull from their scalp. And then that's when I moved to the scalp because I didn't, I was only touching my brows and lashes. And then I was like, whoa, other, you know, there's more. And then, so unfortunately I went to other parts in my body and yeah. Yeah. In college, actually it got pretty bad. Uh, like really bad probably the worst that i've had it was when i was in college um and i and i was picking like my scalp area and i wore a headband for probably like a year yeah like six months to a year because I, I just so much shame so much shame so much guilt around what i was doing and it's sometimes it's difficult because it's like we know better you know what I mean? Like, you know, that it's what you're doing is not good for you, but sometimes it's so unconscious. And what mm -hmm. I've noticed is just the cyclical thought pattern. And that's what causes me to touch the hair. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I have the keen bracelet as well. And I always thought to myself, Hey, like I know when I'm pulling, like I always know, but then I didn't realize only because of the bracelet, like vibrating on my wrist, that I'm go when? I'm reading like 20 times in two minutes. Like I'm constantly ooh, ooh, going up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I guess I actually don't really know as much as I thought I did. You know, I, I thought I was so conscious about it, but no, I really don't. It's just a behavior I keep doing again and again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, part of me 
was hiding, I feel like for so long in silence and suffering in silence, because I felt that I needed to like do this by myself. And that like, it's always been a worry behind my, in the back of my mind of like, is this something that I'm going to live with for the rest of my life? You know, but truly there's, there's no, I've come to realize that there's no one or anything outside of me that can heal me, that can shift this pattern besides me. And I think that's like, it's very freeing to know that, but it's also, I, I feel like I put a lot of like uh, pressure and like responsibility on myself in that aspect of like, wow, like you have to do this on your own. You know, like mm -hmm. definitely like you can go and get your yoga certification. You can go to therapy. You can do all of the things. But at the end of the day, it's like I sleep with myself at night, mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah. But I think it's beautiful, though, because also in this discovering and, and sharing more vulnerably, I started a Facebook group and I was like, you know what? I want to create my own community around this because I never had that. So I want to be able to hold a safe space for people through that. And then it's, I've only had this Facebook group for a couple months and there's already like 60 people in it. And I'm like, Whoa, this is amazing. You know? So I think always just never being afraid to ask for help is, is really what I want to share with others as well. Well, tell us more about your Facebook group. Like how do we find it? What's the name? All that. <laughs> yes. So it's um, Trichotillomania and Dermatillomania Transformation Tribe, I believe. And um, I also have struggled with dermatillomania as well. So this, the, the skin picking. Um, and I realized that that stems from like the, the, the thought pattern is like, I am not beautiful enough or I'm not good enough. Therefore, like I have something in my face. Like, let me fix it. I'm like fixing myself or something like psychologically that that's what's happening on a psychosomatic level. And then, and then, you know, it's again, it's like the thought process. There's something that's going on here subconsciously that's causing me to do that. So yeah, like on a, on a subconscious level, because there's only so much that we can control with our conscious mind. So subconsciously, there's something that's like unhealed from my childhood or like a resentment that I have towards myself that continues to surface in this form of self-soothing. That's what I've come to realize about myself. So whether that be unhealed wounds around like the, the sexual abuse, whether that be unhealed wounds around something with my parents, with myself, with like, you know, so I think that's where like self-awareness comes in. And I always have to check in with myself in that moment of like, okay, what do you need right now? Like, what does your inner child need right now? Why are you feeling unsafe? Why are you feeling stressed? And most of the time, it's really just because our minds are not in the present moment. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Now, when opening up, have you met someone in real life with Trick or has it been just like kind of an online community so far? Yes, oh my gosh. So, and th that's where see it's like meeting people in real life who actually go through this too be, and this only happens when you share vulnerably right like i wouldn't have found these people if i wasn't like yeah this is something that i go through and the person in front of me is like wait i have that too but i had no idea what it was or and you just it's like a, a ripple effect to help others heal but yeah actually um one of the very first few people i think that i 
opened up to um in Colorado was actually the woman that I hired as a coach I was like asking her questions about coaching and I was like Sam the reason why I feel that I'm not worthy enough of sharing this offering because I'm not a certified holistic health coach but I do claim that I'm a health that's you know I claim the title of health coach I was like I feel that I'm not worthy of sharing this offering because I'm not fully healed yet and because I have this thing with my hair. So how can I coach people on health if I'm still in this pattern? And she's like, first of all, you don't need to be fully healed to share your medicine and your wisdom with what you've learned. And second of all, I have the same exact thing and I haven't talked about it. And I was like, what? This is crazy. I'm like about to hire you as my coach. And like, what are the odds that out of all of the people that I've met, that you deal with that, you know? Mm -hmm. And then another time was where I made a post about it. The first time I made a post about it on my Instagram. Then when I was a part of this community in Denver, Colorado, um, I remember going to like an event and there were like two women that came up to me and was like, Hey, I'd really appreciate like what you shared vulnerably online. Like I go through the same thing except dermatillomania. So I'm mm -hmm. like, wow, this is beautiful that I'm able to share and then attract this community of people going through the same thing, you know? Yeah. It's, and it's so nice to meet someone because you already have this understanding of like, you get it, you know? Yeah. You already know, like, right. <laughs> mm -hmm. right. Right. Absolutely. And then I, I have a really great friend, soul sister of mine that um, her name is Celia or knots and locks on Instagram. And me and her actually felt so inspired to create a whole Instagram and community, which we're like slowly but surely building around trichotillomania and dermatillomania and body focused repetitive behaviors and OCD and anxiety. That's all like the whole category. It all falls in together um, to just bring more awareness and to create community around that and have people feel like they have a safe space because again like I never had that like if I could go back and give my 16 year old self something it would be what it is that I'm creating now mm -hmm. that's that's really it but yeah she struggles with the dermatillomania I do with trick and derma so we decided to create that community yeah that's wonderful yeah. I I often think the same thing of just like wow social media has there's you know all this talk about how negative it is and all these things but to me, there is so much beauty in it too, because wow, if I had the, you know, the trick talk, you know, the TikTok that is just about trick, if I had that growing up, I would have felt like so normal. I wouldn't have felt so isolated. I probably would have shared so much sooner than I did, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do truly believe though that everything, like any sort of symptom that rises within us, whether it be trick, whether it be anxiety or whatever, bloating, like it's something much deeper. And I, through my whole experience with this, if there's anything that I've learned is that when we don't talk about our emotions and we don't express ourselves and our pain and our struggle and our traumas fully, we repress and then they reflect through our body, through autoimmune disease, through a mental health disorder. This disorder is just a dysfunction. It's just an imbalance in the body. So again, like for me, it's really, it was repressing all of those emotions, the shame, the guilt, the fear, the anger, which resulted to that. Mm -hmm. 
when you were younger and you and you pulled out you, you know you started to overpluck the brows did you have moments where you know because at first someone said the eyebrows were too bushy did you have moments after where people were kind of asking hey what are you doing and did you oh. feel the need to explain or tell anyone how did that go for you mm -hmm. yeah uh well so throughout middle school i mean i overplucked to the point where i had to like draw my brows on for years and i still fill them in but it's not nothing like it used to be before um and yeah i remember just being so tormented and bullied throughout middle school and high school of like people laughing at me people making fun of me people pointing at me people like whispering and being like ha ha like oh my god look at her like she has bushy brows or she has no brows or like what happened like that was a common question that i got and i would just shut down i would get angry at those people i would just say stop like don't talk to me and like Wow. And to see even now, like, I feel I'm very self-aware and I hear myself and even sometimes with the tone of voice, you know, I still feel like I carry a little bit of that anger. Um, and so it's like every day, I mean, working on ourselves is a lifetime project and it's like, how can I be better and how can I show up differently to not repeat those patterns and release and like, let all of that go, you know, which again, mushrooms have given me the ability to really move those emotions through my body and process everything well and i think too it's like when i look back on moments that like that where i'm getting like you know called out in front of a group or something and i'm like panicking like what do i say what do i say i now as an adult feel you know i feel um, you know, I'm looking out for my younger self, like, Hey, wait a minute. Like I'm, I'm angry because I'm, I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, she never deserved these things. And like, you know, I feel so bad for what she went through because she, you know, we're just trying our best. We're little kids. We don't know what we're doing. Right. Yeah. And I love what you just said. It's like, Oh, you know, I feel so bad. And it's like, we don't, I mean, I'm only going to speak for myself, but I don't need anyone's pity, right? Like the last thing I need is for someone to be like, oh my God, like I'm so sorry that happened to you. It's like, no, I'm actually grateful that this is my life path. Like this is what I, I chose. I chose to walk this path, to come on this earth, to have these experiences, to, to there's something deeper to show people again, how to connect to their body, why it's important to regulate our nervous system and emotions. And and to empower others on this path of like, hey, I went through this and this is what didn't work for me. And like, I would love to support you in preventing you from going to that, from this type of suffering that I created for myself throughout these years. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're, when you get into that um, mindset of pulling, you know, like you're already pulling a, a bunch, do you feel as though you're in like a trance-like state when you get mm -hmm. to yeah yeah it's and that's something i share with my mom when i first um became like very aware of it or i remember she you know my mom has asked me questions like you know why don't you just stop and she's tried to un better understand and um i just remember like crying to her and being like mom this is not like you don't understand this is not something that i stop i honestly don't even like sometimes realize when i'm doing it like it's so unconscious and again, it's like that self-soothing. So it's like, for me, I don't, it doesn't hurt. It's like pleasurable, which is like crazy that our brains and like psychologically, that's even like a thing, <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, 
it can be very tough. But again, I think the thing that helps me the most is like in these moments, like really I have to tune into my breath because most of the time it's because I'm not breathing properly, which is causing me to self-soothe in that way. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed that there's, you know, environmental triggers? Like if you're, you know, in a certain room or by a certain mirror, what are some things that you, you've learned over time? Like that's going to trigger me. I should probably stay away from that. Yes. Yes. I love this question. So my main triggers are things like alcohol. I don't really drink, but if I were to drink alcohol, nicotine, like any stimulants, coffee, I don't drink coffee because it's, it just makes me go crazy. Um, also, so like environmental, if it's like high stress environment, if there's like, if again, I think it's really just like if patterns are repeated. So if someone's like raising their voice at me for whatever reason, like I shut down and, you know, or if I sometimes go back home, that triggers it, like being around family, um, lack of sleep. So if I sleep less than eight hours, or, um, yeah, I would say, honestly, that's, that's pretty much it. It's, it's definitely more so of like the stimulants and like the stress. I stay away from stimulants. Mm. I've even noticed with myself, I don't drink coffee because I said I drank it, you know, a few times, of course I've tried it, but I I'll say, wow, it makes my stomach feel like the same as when I want to pull my hair out. It really will make me have that same feeling in my stomach. And I'm like, yeah, no, like I'm definitely... I'm going to not drink that. I don't like how that feels. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, and then also another thing I would say is definitely sweets, sugar, because sugar spikes your blood sugar level. So for me, I have consciously observed that if I, and I don't mean like cacao, I mean like chocolate chips, like artificial sweeteners and stuff. Like if I, if I consume too much sugar, not like from fruits, but just like chocolate or something, then I will get very jittery and it will prompt me to do that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When you, cause I know you mentioned you would sometimes, you know, pencil in the brows or like wear makeup and then the headband, were there any other things that you would do to kind of like, you know, block your pulling areas, but also kind of, you know, not have that attention be brought onto you? Mm -hmm. So I would either so do the headbands, I'd wear hats. Um, I remember back in like middle school or high school, I would, I have my hair parted to the side. Like I would put my hair in front of my face as much as I could to like cover my face. Um, when I was pulling out my lashes, I remember like this was, these were my mornings. I would go on the bus in high school and at like 7am, first thing I get to high school, I would go right to the bathroom and cause it was like super dark outside in the morning. So I'd go right to the bathroom and I'd put on like eyeliner to cover up the, the parts of the lashes that I did pull out. Mm -hmm. Um, and then that was, yeah, I would say that's pretty much it. Just like the hats, the headbands and like putting my hair to my face. Mm -hmm. I often think about when, you know, being a, a little kid, having trichotillomania, having to do that extra step or steps in order to just kind of blend in with people. I think a lot of people who don't have trick or any BFRB realize the paranoia that's put on oh. us so young. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. And it's really, it's like the fear of being seen for our truest, like raw without any, anything, you know, like nude. And, um, I think, yeah, I think it's really like the best advice that I could give to my younger self or anyone that's like struggling with this right now is like the more that you show up for yourself and your health, because when you show up for your health, 1% better every single day, that builds self-love, that builds confidence, that builds security within you. And then again, it ripples. So it's like throughout this journey, like taking my mornings slower, not drinking coffee first thing I wake up, going to yoga, doing breath work or doing a meditation, that's really supported me in releasing some of the shame and guilt. And I think I've come to a point now where I, I'm vulnerable with the people that I feel safe around. And I think that's also a big thing is like opening up to people that respect and value you and that you trust because if opening up to somebody who's just temporarily in your life or, you know, the foundation isn't solid, then that can actually, at least for me, hurt me more than it does good. Have you had, have you ever told anyone and they've given you a negative response? Like you've, you know, shared about your trick with them and they didn't, they didn't respond favorably. Hmm. I wouldn't, I think not negatively, I would say more so if anything, I've gotten a response of just like, whoa, why? Like people are just confused, you know, like it's hard for them to wrap their head around of like, well, why would you do such a thing? You know, but I think the way I go about sharing it now is much differently from when I first started. And I always just tell people like, yeah, it's in the same category of nail biting. So it's like, we all have this to a certain extent, but there's just not enough awareness around it. We don't talk about these things in public school. People just don't talk about these things in general. So I think when we have conversations like these and we bring more awareness to these um, patterns and habits, and I don't even like saying the word disorder, you know, it, it helps people better understand as we seek to discover ourselves deeper. Have you ever seen or like read about trick or seen trick in a movie or a TV show? Not in a movie or TV show, but I did hear about, I forget what the name of the celebrity was, but she just opened up about it like a month or so ago about her trick. Um, so that's very sweet to know that there are actual like celebrities out there who deal with this too. Um, and I really do, I do believe that the world is slowly but surely catching up to understand these disorders, these, these patterns. Um, so that's, that's really beautiful. But yeah, that, that's, I don't really know. I haven't really seen like any movies or anything like that around that. If you have any recommendations, I would, I will take them. <laughs> well, I think, I think you're talking about Amy Schumer, right? With her short yeah. life and I'll tell you what it's. I mean, I, I like almost cried. Like, I think I, cause she, because she has it, it's not like, oh, she, the person's insane. And they're in the background, like pulling chunks out of their hair. It's like right. really beautifully done. Like, I find it so incredible to watch. And I was like, oh my gosh, like she knows, you know, she obviously knows she has it, but to have it seen on TV and be like, that's how, that's how it really is. Oh, it was beautiful. Right. Yeah. And I think, um, this is kind of like off topic from that, but I feel like part of me also is 
this is like the messed up part I think psychologically is that I've had this for so long and I've dealt with this for so long. It's almost become like a part of my identity with myself. And so I think part of um, moving through this whole healing journey with trick has been really tough because I'm like, this is so familiar to me. This is like all I know. This is who I am. So it's, so it's like, who is Daria without this? And I feel like I, I desire to stop pulling so bad, but I feel like on a subconscious level, my mind is like the devil on my shoulder is like, you can't let go of this. This is who you are, you know? And so I think that's, um, that's like some difficulty. I think that I run up against subconsciously Mm -hmm. that I recognized. Well, it's funny you bring that up because recently I had a conversation with myself where, you know, I had years where I kind of looked like it was pull free, like, you know, things were pretty much growing back, maybe a few eyelashes out, but no one noticed anything. And now I, um, you know, I'm struggling with the lashes. I'm, you know, pretty much, pretty much bald on the, on the top eyelids. But the difference is I was so much meaner to myself when I had my eyelashes, I guess, like trying to shame myself out of it. I don't know this negative self-talk. I'm arguably the happiest I've ever been, but still am pulling. So I'm like wondering, I'm like thinking to myself, like, well, what, you know, I'm like, what, this doesn't, this doesn't really match, but like, I am happy now but with bald eyelids and like, do I really care? I don't know. But I'm thinking, wait, when I looked like I wasn't pulling, I was miserable. I was like really, really unhappy. So I don't know. It's just a weird thought. Yeah. I feel like it's definitely like, like environmental factors, right. They play a role. And I feel like with seasons too, and like just seasons and waves in life, you know, what we go through as human beings and, as a collective as well, like what's going on in the world that directly affects us on a subconscious and conscious level. So there's a lot of factors that play into that. And, you know, you're very strong, you're very resilient. And I really do believe that the both of us are going to heal and move through this. So our children, or I don't know if you want to have children, but I, I do everything in my life for obviously myself and like for the environment or for others, but like my end goal is motherhood. So I don't want to pass this down to my children, you know? And as women, we hold so much shame and fear and old emotion in our hips and in our womb. So I want to be able to move through this. So my children don't have to suffer. That's really my end goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, there's so much, it's funny, it's so funny that you're bringing up these things, I'm literally thinking them, like, I am definitely on this, uh, this journey of, like, I want to heal everything that I can, you know, of course, it's, like, a lifelong thing, but before motherhood, motherhood is, like, coming closer for me uh, in age, and so I'm, like, oh, like, I know it'll be soon, I want to heal all these things before that happens, I want a very peaceful, you know, you know, like, everyone wants that, but um, it's just, it's just nice to hear that, hey, like, you are feeling the same thing too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And to really give my kids the tools that I never had, you know, I mean, both my parents are immigrants. My mom came from Poland. My dad came from Iran. So it's like Europe and the Middle East. And like, they went through so much hardship to get here. And so I feel like it's a part of my, my own duty and life path to heal this you know, because on the surface level, it's like trichotillomania. That's like the problem. But deeper than that, it's like ancestral 
lineage and healing that was just passed down that I get, that I have the opportunity now to, it's like the universe is like, are you here to break the cycle or what? <laughs> oh yeah. That, I love that. Cause I literally think that I'm like, oh, I'm breaking these like generational curses. Like I am breaking these things. <laughs> like, oh my God, that's funny. Yeah. And it's fun. And it's fun. We get to make it fun. Right. Like healing yeah. doesn't have to be this like, oh my God, I have to sit with my heavy emotions. Like da, da, da. it's like when it rains, everything is, you know, who wants to go outside and like run around in the rain? Cause it's like cold and like whatever. But as, after the storm, there's a rainbow, there's beauty, the flowers start to flourish. And that's really, I think what, what we have to look forward to is that at the end of all of this hardship, there's really light and we get to choose to be that light. It's always a choice. I love that. I yeah. love that. Well, Dara, it's been so great speaking with you. Is there anything you'd like to say before we wrap up? Mm. Well, I want to say, first of all, thank you, obviously, for having me. It's such a pleasure having this conversation. And I just hope that whoever is listening, I mean, you're more than welcome to reach out to me if you want to connect. Um, I'm here to support anyone through this. And we're all moving through this together and it's so much easier and better knowing that you don't have to go through this alone. You don't have to suffer in silence. And I'm here for you. Barbara's here for you. And if there's again, one piece of advice that I would give to my younger self, or if I could start all over and, and do this, what would I, what would I first go into yoga? I'm telling you just go and connect to your body, connect to your breath. And as Deepak, Deepak Chopra wrote this book called Abundance, and he says that the way, the path to enlightenment is yoga. That's it. So thank you for having me on and we'll talk soon.